Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm so glad that we've connected here today. I've created a series called Life Chats. This is a four-part series of each of my amazing guests as I take you on a journey through their awakening process. My aim and goal for this show is to give you, the seeker, a container to explore your own growth as you awaken and step into more alignment, more joy, and more fulfillment every single day. Rachel Benton, welcome back to Life Chat. This is part two of your series. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. If you haven't listened to part one yet, Rachel and I went into talking about the wound of her self-abandonment. We talked about inner child healing, which is so key for growth and really, you know, how we play out patterns based on what happened as a child and what we saw from our parents, what we heard, what we perceived to be a a reality and how we are really just, you know, maybe 35-year-old humans, but living in the mind and the emotional state of a five or seven-year-old. So many people are like that until we decide to break the cycle and step up and wake up and then literally become a different operating system with inside of us. So it really is. And you know what you're saying all this? And I'm like, oh, I love this work. It can be hard, but man, do I love this work. Mm-hmm. So why is it hard? Let's let's talk with that because maybe there's a woman listening here where she's like, I okay, I got to do this work. What does this work mean? Like, I kind of want to go on a discovery journey. So how would you explain the work? So let's start with why why it might be hard. It's the it's being uncomfortable. It's it's because we've lived our lives for so long a certain way. We've had the same thoughts, the same beliefs, the same patterns, the same behaviors for so long. And when you stop and you have to start interrupting these, these patterns, these behaviors, these thoughts, right. You, you, you have to consciously, and it's, it takes effort because it's not done naturally. You have to consciously and be present every single day working on this. It's not a dabbling like we were mentioning in the last, um, our last chat, but it's more of a, a commitment. I am committing to doing this and we're not used to committing to things. And like, I'm committing to do this. I am consciously trying to change a pattern or change a behavior or thought or belief. And it's to, to be present, to be aware of when it comes up, the discomfort of doing something different. And that is why it's a lot of the times hard, but the more you do it, the more it gets easier and uh, repetition is key here, right? Repetition, you're going to want to redo it, do the complete opposite, do the complete opposite. It's uncomfortable at first, you do it five times, it gets more easier. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing the work, a lot of the time, that's what it is. It's repetition, it's awareness, noticing what's going on, noticing that you do not want to be this person or you do not want to act this way or do these things or think this way. And it's to start doing differently. How is it? What behavior would you like instead? What pattern, what thought, what belief would you like instead of this? And to consciously step into those shoes over and over and over again until they become you in a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell, that was so beautifully said. Uh, And I think a, a really big piece of awareness to recognize areas that do need growth or work on ourselves is to recognize where we're feeling pain. 
Mm-hmm. And in the last episode we were talking about, you you literally need to get to the point where you're like, I don't want to struggle anymore. Like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, I want to feel joy in every area of my life. And to actually admit to yourself that, you know what, I'm meant, I'm meant to have a good life here. Like, I'm meant to feel joy. I'm meant to have fun. I'm meant to feel fulfilled. And so what are the things that I'm doing that are blocking me from that? Mm-hmm. You've done so much work around uh, self-abandonment. Uh, and we talked about your childhood in the last episode and, and where that came from. What were some of the areas of awareness that you had where you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm abandoning myself here and I'm abandoning myself there. Was it emotions that came up at first or was it recognizing yourself in situations? How did that come to light? Uh, For me, it was recognizing myself in a situation. And so picture this, okay? And you were there. You didn't know this was happening, but it was at your mastermind, one of your masterminds. And so picture this. So everybody listening, picture this. I'm sitting in a room with beautiful business owners who I connect with, who I love, who inspire me to become a better person. And a question is asked and we're doing the work and then we have to present. And I end up being the last person to present. And I'm sitting there and the entire time everybody else is presenting, I am dying inside because I'm like, I can't say this out loud. They're going to judge me. They're going to, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm this. They're going to think I'm that. And so the stories are playing out in my head and I'm sitting there and then it comes to my turn and I completely say something different than what I had on my paper because I thought that maybe this is what they wanted to hear and this isn't, um, then I wouldn't be exposed for the person that I truly am. And as I'm speaking, this voice says to me, what are you doing? This, just this, this random voice says to me, what are you doing? And I shush it out and I just keep talking. And then, then the day goes on and I'm driving home and this voice comes back and says, what happened? What did you do? And as I'm driving home, I have a huge realization that I am sitting here. And and this is something that happened in my life often. I sit here and instead of sharing my heart, I share what other people want to hear. I share what I think. I share what would make me look better than what I'm actually feeling. And so I'm, as I'm driving home, I'm, I'm all of this. This is like pounding in my head. This, you do it this way, you do it that way. And I get home and I have a huge meltdown, huge breakdown to realize that I am abandoning myself over and over and over again. I'm rejecting my thoughts. I'm rejecting my heart over and over and over again. And so I have this huge breakdown where I can't stop crying. My husband doesn't know what to do with me and I needed time. So I just told him I need space. And I took the space and I cried and I felt the shame and I felt the guilt because like I was saying in the last episode, being the victim of an abandoned child, being the abandoned child victim card was huge in my life. But to realize that at 42 years old, I was the one doing it to myself. I was the one abandoning myself. I was the one rejecting myself every step of the way, every step of the way. And it was shattering. 
it broke my heart. Like it completely shattered my heart to know that I've done so much work, like a, a decade, 15 years of work to know that I've been doing this type of work. And that 15 years later, I had never realized that. And I was still doing it all the time. And so that was a huge realization that catalyst in my life, huge catalyst in my life, because it cracked me open. It completely cracked me open. It, I spent, and that happened last June. And, um, and then I spent the summer dealing, healing, feeling things that I never felt before because I never let myself feel. Um, and I gave myself so much space to just process 42 years of abandonment from me. And um, I'm saying this right now and I could feel the emotions. I could almost feel it in my throat because it's so, I just want to go hug my inner child. I just want to go hug all of myself to say, I get it. I understand. I forgive you. And we're just going to do differently going from now on. Um, but yeah, that was like huge catalyst moment in my life to, like I said, crack me open to be able to um, remove. And I think that's the big thing for me. Remove the biggest layer that I had of protection around me. And that must have been the biggest one that that was there. And for me to be able to to come to that awareness and to crack me open. And, and it's just by sitting back and, and hearing this voice saying, what are you doing? And then realizing what I was doing. And yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I remember you messaging okay. me after the mastermind and explaining. And, you know, I think just admitting that even to other people was really like a first step of, and, and this is why I feel like, community is so powerful. It's why I'm doing this series so other women can can see uh, women doing the work and what that process is. Because um, the first thing is admitting it and then admitting it out loud and then willing to, like what you said, sit in it. And as women who liked to live in their heads and be more of that masculine role, we sometimes want to go into fixing mode so fast. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to fix it. I want to do. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and there's this Ace the word there just needs to be some uncomfortable nothingness yes. to be able to process. Yes. And um I used to to say to you, I am mastering the art of doing nothing. That is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my life, but I'm going to master the art of doing nothing. And I used to sit there and I, I'd put 10 minutes on the clock and I used to sit there and be like, I'm just going to sit in the quietness. And whatever emotions come up, I'm going to feel whatever thoughts are coming through. I'm just going to become the observer and watch what's coming through. And the hardest thing I've ever done. And to just sit there and do nothing to give myself the space to not fill it with, I got to fix this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this, right? No, I'm just, right now we're just being whatever's coming up is going to come up. And that's what I did all summer. Like, that's exactly what I did all summer. It was, yeah, pretty powerful, but very uncomfortable. There's a slowing down that I, I feel is so powerful. You almost need to like stop the spin. It's like, mm -hmm. we're, we're spinning in this direction. If anybody's watching the video, we're spinning in this direction and we got to like slow that spin down and stop 
and then decide, hey, what direction do I really want to move this momentum into? You know, my feelings, my thoughts, my actions to what I'm creating. It's, It's that space of nothingness, that space of stillness. And, you know, while you still uphold a household and run a business and all that stuff, but it's looking for those quiet moments with yourself to just, just sit in it. And I feel far too many people don't give themselves that a permission to be able to do that and be the space to allow whatever comes up, comes up. There's mm-hmm. so much distraction, whether it's like social media or binging on Netflix, drinking, drugs, uh, shopping, gambling, gossiping, like all the news. Like there's so much distraction in our world that stops us from going through this process. And, you know, that's why taking space or taking, you know, taking more days off and spending more time in nature and disconnecting from social media, being mm-hmm. around people to have uplifting conversations. That's the the nourishment. I love that word. That's the nourishment. That's like so much of our soul is craving when uh, we go through or need. Absolutely. And most of the time we don't even know that our soul is craving that because Mm. we're so busy. We're rushing to this, to that, and the other. And um, I feel like that's the world we live in. It has slowed down a lot since March, 2020, because we couldn't go anywhere. That slowed down a lot, but I feel like now it's picking back up and we are forgetting that this space that we're forgetting that this nourishment is so important. It should be the number one thing on our list, but it's our foundation. The, uh, I remember that moment at the mastermind last June and you were literally not the same person after that. I remember witnessing you coming back to the mastermind group in September and you literally like stole the show that your, your energy, your groundedness, your ability to communicate, your ability to like hold yourself completely differently. And everyone at some point or another, whether, whether it was a message or a comment to me, or even speaking out loud to you of, of that growth that you have had, that you had had. Yeah. That was the piece that was holding me back so much. And when I realized it and when I, I sat with it and I broke through it, everything changed, everything changed. Um, this memory just popped into my head and I, I'm being called to share it. So I'm going to share it. And so when I was young, I would say I was probably eight or nine years old. We used to have these uh, family uh, baseball tournaments. Okay. And everybody in the tri-town, everybody in the, the little village that I come from, they would, all their families would put together their baseball teams and we would play together and the, the adults would. And I remember being with my family, my aunts, my uncles, and my, and my cousins, and we were just having so much fun. And I was in the energy of who I truly am. And I remember my family looking at me going, oh, right, you have to be our mascot. You have got to be your ma- our mascot. That energy, that big energy that you have, you have to be your mascot. And in the moment, yeah, okay, that's cool. But when the time came, they put that costume on me. I did nothing. I was so afraid. And it's like if you took me out into the world, into in front of other people, and I completely shut down. And I remember, and I, I've been thinking about this lately. It's just been coming up in my mind how that beautiful me was coming out when I was having so much fun. And then when the the time really came where I 
needed to shine, I completely shut down and I stopped myself and I, the I'm not good enough came in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's such a, a powerful moment in my mind right now of this exact moment where I had, I was able to put those layers aside, but then they came right back up. And so now I feel like what happened in June, it like, when I say crack me open, imagine a, a shell around me being cracked open. That's exactly what happened. And I, I was able to step out of it. Mm. This process really opened up uh, intuition for you, mm -hmm. which I believe everybody feels it all the time. We've all had those gut instincts, we'll call them, or yeah. those moments where we should have done something but didn't. And we're like, oh, like I should have listened to myself. And so discovering your intuition, what was that process like? It was pretty interesting because I've always been a very intuitive person. I just didn't realize it. Um, I remember time and time again throughout my life where my intuition was telling me a big soul no. And my mind was like, but I want to do this. This seems like fun. This relationship, this, 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 this job, whatever. And so I just, I went with my head and always like hindsight's always 2020. 20, so getting to the other side going, I knew this was wrong for me. I knew. And so I've always been a very intuitive person, but just like anybody else, when you don't use it, it just gets dim and dim. It gets suffocated. Like I say, you suffocate your intuition and your ego's voice becomes so loud that that's what you're listening to. And so that moment in the mastermind, when I heard the voice saying, what are you doing? That was my intuition. That was um, soul voice, a hundred percent. And from that moment, because I, yes, I shushed it, but I brought it back later. And because of that, it's been growing ever since. And it's been a huge, um, a huge change in my life. Cause at first I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Is it like, I was doubting it. Like we all do. Is it, is it really my intuition? Is it really? And so I started really practicing. I made it a mission. I made it a mission to strengthen my intuition and to get really clear on what it is and how it works for me. And putting out that intention completely changed the course of my life, the course of my business, the course of everything and it completely opened my, me up to a whole new way of living. And um, to be able to recognize that and to understand how my intuition speaks to us, because we're all intuitive yes. beings. We all have it. It just speaks to you in your own unique language. And so that's what I needed to find out. I needed to find out how my intuition was speaking to me. What was the difference between my ego's voice and my soul voice and how to differentiate the two? while I'm doing life. So that was the big thing. And I went on a mission to be able to do that. And um, one of the first things, let's, let's just go back a little. One of the first things that I needed to do was I needed to unblock my emotions. And that was one of the first things that I needed to do because we all know, well, we might not, but your intuition is your inner guidance system. Your inner guidance system talks to you through emotions. I couldn't feel. If I can't feel good emotions, how do I know if I'm being guided? And for me, that was huge. If I want to manifest, I got to know what energy I'm projecting. And so if I don't know what these, is, these are, I'm not manifesting what I want. And so 
that, that was my first mission is to feel, I need to feel, I need to figure out how to feel. And I knew that if I wanted to feel high emotions, I needed to feel the lower emotions. And that's what I spent the summer doing, really feeling those lower emotions, those, that pain that I had to be able to open myself up, to go up the energetic ladder, we'll call it, and to bring myself up to the joy and the love and that, that, that I knew I had in my heart. And so that's where my, that's where that, that, um, that mission started was opening up those emotions. And then when I was able to start feeling that voice, I, I, my intuition speaks to me in a voice. I can hear a voice and I have a lot of images, sounds, and the more and more I go, the more it grows. And, um, but the voice for me was very, very loud. And the more I felt, the more it became loud. And so now I have a complete different relationship with my intuition where my intuition is very much part of my life. And every morning when I get up, I have a meeting with my intuition and I check in, how are you feeling? What's going on? What do I need to know today? How do I need to serve today? Where do I need to be today? And we have this conversation um, when I want to do something with my business, I have brainstorming sessions. So I, I block out a couple of hours on my schedule and I sit and I tune in and I tap in and I meet this intuition and we plan out my business. And it, it's for me now, it's it's becoming a no brainer. It's a second nature for me now. But looking back a year from now, for, uh, a year ago, um, that wasn't even part of the equation. And to learn that our intuition is so much bigger than our logic minds could ever fathom is pretty amazing. And um, I could keep going on and on and on about intuition. But. Yeah. I, uh, I absolutely love studying communication. And so many, so, much, so many of us think that communication is just the words that are coming out of our mouth. You know, you look at how you interact with someone else and even in an intimate relationship, you know, whenever you come into a situation, it is your energy that's coming into that situation, the the tonality coming out of the words that you're putting together. And I see your intuition as the same way. That it's a communication style with ourselves. And so if our ego is up or if our emotions are down, our heart is closed off, it's not really effective communication. And you're not going to hear or get out of the situation of what you want. So that you mentioned something earlier about ego voice. And so talk to us about the difference between ego voice and intuition voice. And this might help some women start to identify, oh, that's not really my intuition, or maybe I shouldn't be listening to that part of myself, because there's all this dialogue that can be coming into us or sensations, um, information, communication. And so how do we like uh, uh, decipher? Yeah. How do we decipher that? Absolutely. Um, So your ego voice is that voice that's always in a in a hurry. It's, it, it's in a rush. It's like, it, it, it just chatters in your mind. It just chatters. And the chatter usually looks like fear. It looks like doubt judgment. It'll look like distraction. And when I say distraction, I'm I'm just going to put this out there because this happens to me where I get caught up in my mind thinking about an episode of something that I watched because I don't want to deal with what's going on in front of me. It took me a long time to realize this. But my chatter mind, I've worked so hard on the negative thought that there's not a lot of negative thought that comes through my mind. Yes, I still have doubts. I still have fears. But 
my chatter is pretty positive. And so now my ego has started bringing, oh, you watch that movie. So this person was doing this. And then I catch myself and I'm like, why, why? And then I'm like, because I'm procrastinating because there's something that I don't want to deal with or something. And so it's to realize the different ways that you are resisting something or that you are fearing something because your ego voice is all about, um, it wants to look good. It wants to protect you and it wants to keep you living in the same patterns over and over and over again. And so if you turn that around and you look at your intuitive voice or your soul voice, that's all love. That is all um, looking at the world with kindness, with compassion. Um, and it never, it will never, ever, ever freak you out. It will never scare you. It will never, if anything, it's very calm. It's very, um, there's some stillness in the way it speaks to you. If, if you hear a sound, it, there's a, a, some stillness in the way it speaks to you. It's very calm. But the sensation that comes with it is the knowing. It's truth. It feels like truth to you. It really resonates. And this is where we want to use that word, the resonance between what is going on, somebody saying something to you, or you're meeting someone for the first time, that resonance of yes or no. It's going to come through very quietly, very calmly, but very strong as a knowing within your, your soul, your core, right? And, um, and you and I, we've talked about this too, is anxiety. And so for me, I deal with anxiety. This is something that I've dealt with my entire life. But I started realizing in the last couple of years that sometimes my anxiety isn't actually anxiety. It was my intuition talking to me and it didn't know how to get my attention because I wasn't listening. And so it would come through as anxiety because I knew what that felt like. That was a sensation that I actually could feel. And so when you, if somebody deals with anxiety or any other sensations, if you feel anxiety, sometimes just take a step back and ask yourself, is this my truth? Or am I be am I worried? Am I being fearful? And your body will tell you. Your your body will tell you the difference. But it's to to really take that moment, take that breath, take that moment to check in and and is this truly my truth or is it fear? And you're gonna start seeing the difference between the two. Yeah, I've I've seen that with anxiety as well. I can even there was a specific moment back last fall in November. Joe and I had a business meeting and we were planning um, a, a program or an offer or something. And in the meeting, I remember seeing and, and hearing myself committing to something and, and making plans to move forward. And instantly it felt wrong. And over the next 24 hours, I felt my anxiety build. And that's where that, that practice of awareness and getting really still is so valuable. Why, why am I starting to feel this? And why does my head keep spinning? And why doesn't this feel good? It's our, this internal guidance system is so powerful. We just yes. need to listen to it. I we love really what you said. Yeah. I love what you said about how intuition is like, it's very grounded and there's a knowing and it, and it feels good and it just feels right. Mm -hmm. uh, and to be able to listen to that. So you, you hear your intuition. Um, what are some other ways uh, that people can be communicated through their intuition? You mentioned like seeing things. Yeah. So um Think about your senses. 
Okay. Think about the, your five senses that you have. We have those exact five senses within us. So your in, in, intuitive sight, intuitive smell, intuitive um, speak, intuitive hearing, and intuitive touch, which is also your senses. And so when you start looking at those senses from within, that's how your intuition talks to you. Okay. And so you might be a very visual person where um, you're going through life, you have a, a decision to make and an image pops up. And that image means so much to you. It's to be able to recognize that those images are coming up or um, seeing the symbols, right? A lot of people will see the numbers, 111, the series of numbers um, and, and seeing those, that's a huge indication that your intuition is at play and it's to really pause. And it's in those moments that you want to start asking the questions like, am I, what, what, what am I seeing here? Why am I seeing this? What am I thinking right now that my intuition is validating what I'm thinking or what I'm doing? And for me, dragonflies are a huge symbol for me. And so when I'm looking for guidance, I'll also, um, often ask the universe, send me a sign, send me a sign that I'm doing the right thing. Send me a sign that I'm on the right path. And my symbol is a dragonfly. And so I, a lot of the times we'll look back and um, a dragonfly will pop up into my life or, and, and it doesn't have to be like a real dragonfly. It could be a picture. It could be um, anything, but it'll pop up into my life to, um, to really validate or I won't see anything. And that's the sign as well. And you got to listen to those signs because I didn't always, and I learned the hard way, but you also, when the sign doesn't come through, that's a huge sign right there. So that's all sight. Okay. Sound is songs, songs you can't get out of your head, songs that you hum out of the blue, songs that when you're walking into a store, you're getting into your car, this song pops up and it has a lot of meaning for you and voices. So, and when I say voices, you don't actually hear somebody else's voice. It's your own voice that you hear. It's just coming through your intuition and your soul very calmly, very uh, still, like we were saying. And so that's sound, okay? The smell is when you smell, um, I'll give you an example, when you smell the perfume, grandma's perfume, and you're, you're in a situation and you're like, oh, wow, that smells like, like grandma. And, and it's to stop and to one, realize that you are being supported. And two, that um, what's going on in your mind? What's going on around you? What are you thinking? Because you're on the right path, right? These are signs that your intuition is always giving to you. Um, and it's your senses are your emotions. So your inner guidance system. So the feelings, the knowing, um, and, and when these emotions are coming through as lower energy emotions like anxiety, like fear, that's also an indication that you need to be switching something in your life to be able to realign you into the right path that is right for you. Um, did I miss one? Oh, hearing, hearing your, the voices, sight, smell, and um, emotions. Yeah. Emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those that this is how you can start listening to your intuition is notice these things. Just notice the little things around you. Take a moment and acknowledge. When you start acknowledging, they start growing. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay? it's paying attention and and it's sometimes there needs to be that confirmation. 
of sitting mm-hmm. with something. Um, even I get a lot of like downloads. So like thoughts, voices that come through and especially yeah. for like business programs and direction. And I always, if it sounds really good, sometimes I don't get too attached to it, but there's like, oh yeah, like that feels really good. And then I will, uh, a particular words um, will pop out in a book that was part of that. And I, it's like, you recognize it again, or someone says something and just like one word pops out at you. And it's, it's these small confirmations over and over uh, yeah. and they just, they feel good. And it's these, it's this like this slow, like unraveling of this knowing it's not all of a sudden like, oh, this heavens yeah. open up and there's yeah. like that divine guidance. It's, it's all these little, like little subtle things that come through. It really is. And so I started, here's how I started playing with my intuition. Um, I used to take out cards and I would put three cards in front of me. I'd, I'd pick one then just say the queen of hearts. And I would play with the cards and I would put them um, upside down, upside down. And, and then I, I would try to figure out where, which one was the queen of hearts. And then I would spend time with each card and I would tune in. How am I feeling? What's coming through with this card? How does it feel? Then I move on to the next one and move on to the next one so that I can really, I started seeing the difference that my body was reacting to the different cards um, to, to start strengthening my intuition. And so that's how I started. Mm, yes. Uh, it's like a muscle, like what you're saying, like you, you got to work with it. You got to learn and you got to take out the distraction, take out the noise, quiet your mind. Like meditation is so great for that, um, with honing in on your intuition and learning how that, that sounds to you and following it and sometimes not even being sure and, and building that relationship. It's a relationship with yourself that you need to build. It really is your body and yourself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, do you have any words for any women listening here who, need to get in touch or want to get in touch with their intuition, or they feel like they're just like cracking open right now. Like if you could go back and talk to Rachel last June and, and all she's learned throughout the past, what, 10, almost 11 months, what yeah. would you want her to know? Um, space. Let's talk space. Space is so important and to feel. So those are the two biggest things for me was to give myself the space because I was like you were saying earlier, I was a lot in my masculine energy. And so I'm a doer. I am a goer. So do, 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 do. My my schedule was always packed, never had time to slow down, to enjoy the moment and to see what was going on in my life. And my my body was was craving it. And so when I started putting, and, and it was just to put chunks, white chunks on my schedule, like white space, one hour of nothing, one hour of nothing, one hour of nothing. And to honor, honor that nothingness and to, to work through the feelings. Cause you are going to feel guilty. You are going to feel bad. You are going to feel all the feels that come with it, but to realize that that is the most important thing that you could ever give yourself to start connecting to your intuition, to you, to your emotions, but to start building that relationship that we were talking about to, to start consciously creating from a space of truth, from a place of who you truly are without the noise and the distractions. Yes. Oh, that's gold. Especially what you said there about the, the thoughts that will come up and recognizing those are so valuable. Like why, why do I feel guilty for giving myself space? Like, why can't I take an afternoon off on a Wednesday? I'm running my own business. And if I plan it appropriately, 
like, and so this is where all that conditioning will come in and it'll start to bring awareness. Like, why do I feel guilty? Like, why do I feel like I have to be producing all the time? Why do I feel like I can't take time off? Like, why do I run on this like anxiety? Um, and it, it allows for kind of some like uncomfortable space, like what you were saying, but it can bring in so much insight for you to be able to ask yourself those better questions. Because until mm -hmm. we start asking ourselves those questions, we cannot change. We will not change. So true. So true. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, on part three, I want to unpack the changes that you made in your business after this awakening. Um, as someone who runs personal brands and myself included in this, as we grow, we will feel this natural evolution to be more authentic in our businesses and bring mm -hmm. this wisdom forward. And so I want to unpack all that and what that looked like, because that was definitely a process for you and, and is still unfolding in a process, as I'm sure it is and will continue Absolutely. to. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. So join us back on part three for Rachel's Life Chat series. Thanks, Rach. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysara.com, is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.